It's a late night mailbag Friday on Locked On Braves. Going to be answering your Twitter questions, talking about Cody Bellinger. A lot of you out there wanting to know if he's a fit for the Braves. Got some other really good questions as well, including best baseball movies. We'll also talk about the non-tender deadline on Friday. The Atlanta Braves signing Tyler Matzik coming to terms with the deal on with Mike Soroka as well. We'll talk about all that on today's episode, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. You can send in your comments, questions, or feedback that you have for the podcast. That's going to be the majority of today's show on Friday night. We're going to look at your Twitter questions that were submitted. Also, make sure if you're new, subscribe to us on YouTube of over 3,100 subscribers now. So, appreciate all the support there. If you're watching this video Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Continuing to post episodes daily throughout the offseason, so make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the non-tender deadline, the Braves signing Tyler Matzik, and what I think is a pretty good move by the Braves. They come to terms with Mike Soroka, non-tender, some other players, also some news from around the league uh, on this non-tender deadline day that we'll talk about. And then we'll jump into your Twitter questions, some of those having to do with the non-tender deadline, uh, specifically Cody Bellinger and whether or not he is a fit for the Braves and I got some other really fun questions that I'm excited to get to including who's your favorite Braves player at each position uh, in the history of Braves franchise so looking forward to getting into that one hope you're all having a good Friday night if you're joining me here live in the chat I uh, really appreciate you doing so if you're not and you have any questions put them down in the comments section YouTube I try to get to every one of those questions and comments out there well, let's talk about the non-tender deadline on Friday night. That was the deadline for teams to either tender a contract to arbitration-eligible players or non-tender them and allow them to become free agents. Uh, Braves didn't have too many players they had to make a decision on. They had already designated um, Guillermo Heredia for assignment earlier in the week, as well as um, Brooks Wilson. So uh, not a ton for them to do. However... Biggest news probably of the day, for the Braves anyway, they signed Tyler Matzik to a two-year deal worth $3.1 million. He'll make $1.2 million in 2023, and he'll make $1.9 million in 2024. Now, as you know, Tyler Matzik said to have Tommy John surgery, already had it, and will be out all of next year. So this is something we discussed earlier in the offseason. If the Braves would do this type of deal, you know, sign him to a two-year deal, give it a lower AAV in 2023 when you know he's not going to pitch, and then already have him sign for when he comes back. So I like the move for the Braves. To me, look, it's $3.1 million. I know that's a lot of money to us, but 
for what Tyler, this is almost a deal for what Tyler Matzik has done for the Braves rather than what they think he may do. And look, if he comes back and he's the Tyler Matzik of old, I want him to do that with the Braves. Am I banking on that? Not necessarily. I, I think maybe we've probably we've probably seen the best of Tyler Matzik at this point. I hope I'm wrong. I'm certainly rooting for the guy. I want him to get back to his 2021 form, but the guy gave his arm for a World Series, and I think this is just the Braves' way of rewarding him by paying him, even though they know they're not going to get anything out of him in 2023, and it's very questionable what they would get out of him in 2024. And even if they don't, like I said, it's not a ton of money. It's not going to cripple the franchise. So do good by the guy who helped bring you a World Series, pay him through his injury season, and then, like I said, if he's going to come back strong, then hopefully he does it in a Braves uniform, and now he'll have the opportunity to do that. So I think that was very good on the Braves to make that move. Now, the only other player that they came to agreement with on Friday was Mike Soroka. They agreed to a one-year contract worth $2.8 million. That was the exact projection by MLB Trade Rumors, who is typically pretty good at doing stuff like that. Look, Soroka really didn't have anything to argue on. He hasn't pitched in a couple of years for the Braves and really hasn't pitched much in the last three years for the Braves, and the Braves have still been paying him pretty good money the last couple of years. So didn't have much of an argument. $2.8 million, still really good. I'm glad they're obviously keeping Soroka around. Why wouldn't they? They've, again, paid him for this long to see him come back, so it certainly made sense that they were going to tender him a contract and, like I said, you know, made a lot of sense where they settled up as well. They did non-tender Silvino Bracho, Guillermo Heredia, Alan Rangel, Jackson Stevens, and Brooks Wilson. Obviously, I think earlier I said they DFA'd Wilson. They DFA'd Heredia and DFA'd Jackson Stevens earlier this week, week because of other moves that were made. Uh, so obviously those guys weren't tendered contracts. Uh, Rangel and Wilson were signed to minor league deals with spring training invites. Um, so those guys, you know, no longer on the 40 man roster. So that's something to keep in mind is that the 40 man roster now has two open spots on it. And when you consider that Tyler Matzik, the moment teams are able to put players back on the IL, the Braves will put him on the 60 day IL that'll open up another 40 man roster spot. So technically, there's three 40-man roster spots open uh, right now. So um, that's pretty significant as the Braves look to obviously make some deals this offseason. I uh, just did want to note infielder Ryland Bannon was claimed off waivers by the Cubs and right-handed pitcher William Woods was claimed off waivers by the Mets. I really did, didn't want the Mets to get him. I like William Woods. I think if he can stay healthy and be consistent, I think he could be a really good reliever. So hopefully – that doesn't happen with the Mets. Uh, Freed, Mentor, and newly acquired Dennis Santana were all tendered contracts, but teams haven't yet come to an agreement. There's still time, obviously, to work that out. And I misspoke on Twitter. This was not the deadline to swap uh, arbitration figures. That will come later in the offseason. But this was the deadline to either tender or not tender a contract to your arbitration-eligible players. The Rays are obviously going to tender a contract to Max Freed and uh, A.J. Minter and Dennis Santana, who they just traded for. Uh, now we'll have to see if those the two sides can agree 
on terms or perhaps work out a long-term extension. I know a lot of race fans would be happy to see that for Max Freed. As far as some arbitration news from around the league, Cody Bellinger was non-tendered a contract. I'm going to talk about that more in the next segment. Uh, Alex Reyes was non-tendered by the Cardinals. I remember him being a huge pitching prospect for the Cardinals, had some good moments, throws really hard, just not able to fully put it together, stay healthy, and be consistent. But might be an interesting name to look at for the bullpen, a, a buy low, a high upside kind of guy that Alex Anthopoulos has been going after this offseason. Uh, the Angels traded for Gio Urshela, and then the Twins traded for Kyle Farmer. So they trade an infielder and get an infielder. Um, but some just trades to talk about from around the league. So that's the news of the day. Uh, again, news will come and go, and when it happens, we're certainly going to talk about it. Yesterday was a pretty slow news day. The day before that was pretty big, and then now we got some more do news on Friday to talk about. Um, so, again, love it when we have news to discuss this offseason. Going to jump on that, even if it's the smallest little deal. Uh, we're going to discuss it here, but – We'll see what happens with Freed, Mentor, and Santana if the teams and players can come to an agreement there or do they go to an arbitration hearing. All right, next, we're going to take your Twitter questions. Got some really fun ones I want to get into. If you have some questions you didn't get in on Twitter, you want to write them in the chat. I will get to those as well later in the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, NBA, MMA, boxing, golf, NFL, college football. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. First question from Twitter comes from Josh A. Daniels, 38. He said, would the Braves make sense to take a chance on Bellinger if they get the opportunity? I uh, mentioned this in the first segment, Cody Bellinger, non-tendered by the Los Angeles Dodgers. And look, he's been bad for a long stretch now. And because of where he was in the arbitration process, he was set to make you know around $18 million. Dodgers certainly weren't going to pay that with the production that he has given them, or rather the lack of production that he has given them over the last three years now. I personally have never loved the swing of Cody Bellinger. I've never been a big fan just of his swing in general. Um, so I wouldn't love it. I wouldn't love the signing, but, I mean, you get him on a, a cheap deal, maybe a, a 4 or $5 million deal with some incentives. Um, Perhaps I think he probably gets more than that. I think he gets an eight, maybe ten million uh, deal, maybe a one year with an option, just because you know people are still going to believe that MVP is in there, and maybe it is, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I just don't love the idea of bringing bringing Cody Bellinger in there, just because personally I've never loved his swing. Um, but could the Braves take a chance on him? Sure, but to me it had to be a really really low one-year deal uh, maybe with some incentives in there but had a lot of people asking about Cody Bellinger if he made sense with the Braves I would rather them just go out and get an Andrew Benintendi uh, somebody you know more solid consistent um, that you feel better about for the left field position rather than going out and getting somebody and hoping 
um, you know, that they turn things around similar to, to the Joey Gallo situation. Another one, a lot of people ask me about, you know, that's, you get him on a low AAV deal, perhaps you bring him in and, and hope he, he figures things out, but I'd rather go out and get something that you're more sure of. Um, and that's just me. But again, I wouldn't hate it. Um, you know, certainly would love Co Cody Bellinger to come on board on a low prove it type of deal and, and prove it <laughs> like we've seen a lot of players that the Braves have signed come in and do, you know, Josh Donaldson, Marcelo Zuna have uh, come in on one year deals and certainly proved it. I wouldn't mind seeing that happen for either Bellinger or Gallo, but would not be my, my first option. Chris Shaffey says, what's your top five favorite baseball movies? So this is an interesting question. Always a good off-season question. Let me know your thoughts in the chat or in the comment section on YouTube. So I'm going to put mine up here like this. And granted, there are some baseball movies out there I just haven't seen. So I apologize if I offend anyone. Field of Dreams is by far my favorite baseball movie. It's one of my favorite just movies of all time. I mean, as somebody who... Grew up playing catch with his dad all the time. I mean, that scene always gets to me. And my father is, is still alive and hopefully along for, alive for a, a long time. But still, you know, just that that opportunity to play catch with a, a dad or a granddad or, or a mom even, um, you know, that's a, a special moment. And just so just for that alone, Field of Dreams has always been one of my favorite movies. I like The Sandlot. And honestly, you could just take one moment out of that movie as well. The Fourth of July scene. And the Sandlot gets me every time uh, playing under the night sky, the fireworks um, with the, uh, the song going in the background. I love the Sandlot. I love that moment. Hardball, probably not one on everybody's list. is a movie uh, that I just personally love. Uh, Eight Men Out is one of my favorite baseball movies as well. I uh, love that story about the, the Black Sox. Uh, and then Major League, I'd round out my top five. It is a, a very funny movie an iconic movie um so i definitely would put major league in there but had to include some others obviously i love the natural a league of their own and angels in the outfield uh include some of my other favorite baseball movies so those are mine uh, including my, my top five that i had there let me know your favorite baseball movies what should i be watching this this off season um you know there's some movies out there that maybe i haven't seen i need to catch up on this off season let me know um, Whit Price says, who is your favorite Braves player at each position? So this is a great question. And again, let me know your thoughts on this in the comments section. I did not, I did not look up anything here. I just thought about a Braves player at a position and I wrote the name down. So I didn't put a ton of thought into this. I just went with who popped up first in my mind when I thought of Braves player at a particular position. Um, catcher, I'm not going to lie. Okay, this is I did I did lie. This is the one name I did change. For catcher, I first put Javi Lopez, and then I thought about it. And Brian McCann's my choice here. I know things are a little weird with Brian McCann with how things went with the Astros, but um, what he did, and I can't remember the guy now uh, for the Brewers, what he did stopping him before coming to home plate, I love that moment. And that's just everything about Brian McCann, team first, type of player i love love brian mccann so i think he's my top catcher javi lopez obviously right there first baseman is Fr freddie freeman that's a pretty easy one with me uh, maybe some people from the 90s might go fred mcgriff uh, mark limke was the first second baseman that came to my mind um i love ozzy albies it's the other player i kind of thought of there maybe jeff blauser 
Um, but Lemke was the one that came to mind first for me. Shortstop's pretty easy for me. I love Edmonton Simmons. Raphael Percal's right there as well. Third base is pretty easy. Uh, Chipper Jones. Left field, probably going to shock some of you with this one. I went with Matt, D, uh, Matt Diaz. If you uh, heard me talk about my favorite Braves players of all time, I always include Matt Diaz in that list. I just loved uh, Matty D. He's just one of the, the best hitters um, that I've just ever seen. I just, I love, I've always loved Matty D. So I put him in left field. Center field's an easy one for me, Chipper Jones. And then right field, I went with Ronald Acuna Jr. So, let me know. I'm sure there are some names I'm just completely forgetting. Remember, I grew up, you know, started watching baseball in the 90s, um, you know, born in 88. So I don't go much past that history wise. So keep that in mind when I'm making my list. But let me know if there's some names that I missed here. Um, but those are those are the first players that came to mind for me. And I'd love to hear who your favorite Braves players are at each position. And then final question here, Baltimore Braves fan. With the 40-man roster full, who do you think are the next possible non-tender candidates in case we sign another free agent? Also, what are the odds that either Colby Allard or Nick Anderson make the roster next season? I talked about this in the first segment. I believe the 40-man roster is now at 8, and it's technically at 37 when you consider Tyler Matzik is going to get added to the IL as soon as possible, which is usually um, about a week before opening day. So there are a couple of 40-man roster spots open already right now with Brooks Wilson and Alan Rangel getting uh, DFA'd and then signed back to minor league deals. Um, as far as the chance of Colby Allard and Nick Anderson making the opening day roster, I think it's zero for Colby Allard. To me, he's like 10th on the list. There would have to be a lot of injuries to the starting rotation for Allard to start the year on the roster. Um, let's hope that doesn't happen. So I put the chance of him making the opening day roster at zero. Do we see him at some point next year? Um, certainly possible. You usually need nine or 10 starters to get through a year. So I definitely think there's a chance he pitches for the Braves next year, makes an appearance, a spot starter too. I would not be surprised at all if Nick Anderson is on the opening day roster. Look, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough bullpen to crack. There's already, you know, four or five pretty solid candidates in there. And I think the Braves have already done a good job, you know, bringing some guys back. Uh, Jesse Chavez, they traded for Dennis Santana. So it's already a pretty deep bullpen. So it's going to be hard to crack it. But I would I would say it's probably 40% chance that Nick Anderson makes the opening day roster. I think he has a really good opportunity. Again, if he becomes the pitcher he was you know, before all the injuries with the Rays, I think there's a really good chance for him to make the opening day roster. So, that's all of our questions from Twitter. Actually, I had a couple more, but I'm going to get into those next week. There's one I'm going to do a whole podcast on talking about my projected opening day roster for the Braves that I'll probably do either Monday or Tuesday of next week. Um, and a couple others as well I want to address in, in full podcast. But I appreciate you sending in all those questions next. Got some questions out here in the chat I want to get to and then wrap up this Friday episode of Locked on Braves. This episode is also brought to you by Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's super customizable, not a situation where you have to purchase things you don't need in order to get certain things you want. The system integrates well into your home and is easy to self-install. No need to have a tech come out and schedule something or have a bulky unit that damages your home's design. 
It's very useful for security and peace of mind, which I appreciate with a couple of young kids in the house. But it's also for helping you make sure everything is secure each day. It can move with you even after you install it. Just remove the elements and take them with you to your new place. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Again, visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB for this special offer and to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We got a couple of questions in the chat here. I want to, to get through. Um, George Smith says, how hard is it to get into the Hall of Fame? Um, it may have been you, George. I think you asked this on the YouTube comments as well and answered it there, but I'll do it again here. It is still very hard to get into the MLB Hall of Fame. It's still you know much harder than the other major sports out there. I will say I feel like it's gotten easier over the years with all these veteran committee votes that allow people to get in. Uh, and it just seems like there's been a, a push more to get more more players in through the voting system. But essentially, you have to you have to play ten years in the big leagues. That's your first criteria, and then you pretty much have to be one of the best players ever at your position. You have to be a fifty WAR or better player at your position to be considered for the Hall of Fame. So you got it's still really hard, and then you got to get seventy five percent of the vote with a ballot that's been really crowded for the last 10 or 15 years now because of steroids and steroid users being on the ballot and players that, you know, for a lot of people should be in. And then for a lot of people that just don't want to put steroid users in, that's really crowded the ballot because there's players on there that technically, if you just look at their numbers, they should be in and voters are split on whether or not steroid steroid users should be in so it's very hard to get into the hall of fame the steroid situations really just messed a lot of things up but hope that answers your question george let me know uh, if you got a follow-up question on that uh raymond valter says do we go bring in um andy b or jd if we get rid of ozuna um i don't I don't think the Braves will will pay. Look, they're not going to save a mo- enough money getting rid of Ozuna if they can even save money getting rid of Ozuna to sign strictly a DH like JD Martinez, in my opinion. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Miguel Free, uh, Miguel says Bellinger is not the answer for the Braves. We need players who put the ball in play. We have enough guys who swing and miss for the fence. I couldn't agree more with you there, Miguel. Uh, Josh Daniels says, uh, Renteria, um, Galarraga, that's a good one as well, talking about favorite Braves players, um, and says just old enough to catch Murph before he left. So, yeah, I unfortunately never got to see Del Murphy. Yeah, Miguel mentioned Del Murphy too. I was not born uh, when Del Murphy was playing for the Braves. I actually had Del Murphy on the podcast last year. You want to go back and check that out. Uh, but unfortunately did not get to see him play, or he probably would have certainly been on my list. Um, Hines says, worst case scenario here, but if it came to it, how would you feel about the Braves signing Corey Dickerson to play left field as a contact bat to the lineup in desperate need of some more average? Um, Wouldn't love it, Um, honestly. And I believe Corey Dickerson is a a left-handed hitter. Um, would almost just rather stay with Rosario and then go get a, a Will Myers or an Adam Duvall 
from the right side. Um, I've liked Corey Dickerson in the past, and he's been a guy I've wanted the the Braves to target uh, as somebody as, as a bench bat, but that's what he is for me at this point. I think he's a bench, you know, left-handed bat, and I think the Braves already have that with Rosario. Uh, 1D Jr. says, Conforto, I think, is a good guy for our left-field problem, and one of Dansby, Adamas, or Grissom would be a good team, in my opinion. I agree. Um, you know, I'm all for either, you know, Conforto or Benintendi. Those are probably my two biggest left-field targets that I would be going after. And, yeah, even if you get one of those guys and put Grissom at shortstop, I still think that's a really good team, a, a division-winning type of team, a World Series championship type of team now i would prefer that they re-sign dansby they go get benintendi and they just use grissom as a, a super utility player uh and you know get them four or five starts a week uh raymond talking about some of my favorite movies mentioned uh major league 42 you meant i'm glad you mentioned 42 i do love that movie i probably should have had that one up there uh league of their own major league back to the minors and sandlot good list there from raymond uh, Miguel says, hey, Jake, Justice should have been included into the list for best Braves players. Um, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to shift him to left field over Matt Matt Diaz, I think you could certainly do that. Uh, again, Justice was right when I was, you know, kind of coming of age. I was still really young there, but obviously, you know, big part of the 95 World Series with a home run in game six. I certainly can make consideration for David Justice. Um Hein says, also, could you see the Braves trading for Alberto Mondesi from KC? He's been a good – he'd be a good one-year stopgap. So if you have more time to see if Grissom uh, could become the future shortstop. Um, if the guy could just stay healthy. I've always loved Mondesi, you know, the power-speed combo that he brings. And I do, I do like the idea of if you're just not sure on Grissom, you don't sign one of the big shortstops. Either you you sign or trade for a stopgap, you know, to kind of ease Grissom along uh, into taking over that position full time. If you feel like he can eventually turn into that, but maybe needs needs a little bit more seasoning. Um, so I do like that idea. If the Braves aren't going to spend big and, like I said, bring back Dansby, um, we should definitely inquire on Bellinger and re-sign Dansby. I'm not in on the Bellinger idea. I know a lot of a lot of people out out there tonight. Uh, from Braves country certainly are, but I'm all for signing Dansby Swanson. Um, see, Patrick Compton says, we've heard about but have yet to see the Braves be a top five payroll. The Braves do spend that much. What could they do? Sign DeGrom, get a big bat. For me, look, just signing Dansby is going to take them over the, the luxury tax threshold right now. So, if they're going to be a top five payroll, you're looking at 240, 250 million dollars. 253 is that that next tier of the tax. So you certainly want to stay probably under that. I doubt they want to go in the second tier of the tax, but that would allow you to address what that does is allows you to address shortstop and left field, and then possibly go out and make maybe a sm- not a Degrom addition, but maybe a smaller addition to the starting rotation. So that's what it would do if they decided to be actually be a top five payroll and go into the luxury tax. Um, CW says if we can get one piece that is actually reasonably obtainable, who would it be? Mine is Mitch Hanniger. Um, I'm not in on Mitch Hanniger. I talked about that yesterday. I went over all the left field options in yesterday's podcast. You want to go back and give that a listen, but Ben and Tindy would be my first choice of uh, options in left field. 
Matt Mock says, do you think we'll see Justin Henry Malloy anytime in the near future? I talked about him on yesterday's podcast as well. I think he could potentially be an option for later in the year. It could be a similar situation to Michael Harris if he goes, you know, he ended last year at AAA, so I assume he's going to start next year at AAA. If he does so and he, you know, continues to show good plate discipline and I think really the biggest thing for him is growing defensively in left field. I could see the Braves maybe calling him up two months into the season if you know nobody else has really taken hold of that left field job. So I don't think it's unrealistic at all to think that we could see him sometime next year if needed. Um, George Smith says, will Brian Snicker go to the Hall of Fame? Um, not right now, um, based on his resume. Um, but he wins another World Series, you know, coaches another five years or so. Um, which at his age, I really don't know how much longer he's going to go than perhaps, but you know, he didn't get started till really late in his career, but you know, he is, he is quickly racking up the resume. That is for sure. Um, Hattie May says, let's at least think about DeGrom for sure. I'm not thinking about DeGrom. I mean, look, I'm all for, um, those who want to think big. I just, I can't see that. And if it happens, I'll be over the moon, ecstatic about it because it's not my money. Um, but I just, I can't imagine the Braves signing, um, signing to Grum. All right. It looks like that's all the questions out there in the chat. Appreciate all the questions in the chat. Appreciate all the questions on Twitter. Make sure if I didn't get to your question um, to ask it in the comment section below on YouTube, and I will get to all of those. But as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of every day. Now go make your second listen, Lockdown MLB, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan's talking about the biggest stories on every team from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Subscribe to us on YouTube and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. I am Jake Mastriani. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 